How is everybody doing? Welcome to episode 15 of the Throw It Deep podcast. We uh, we had a little draft part one. We got cut off a little bit short uh, towards the end of last week. And so we wanted to do a part two to uh, talk about kind of back end of the first round outside the top 10. We spent a lot of time talking about our own teams in the Patriots and the Eagles, understandably so. But uh, yeah, so today we're, you know, just kind of rounding out our draft coverage is it's Tuesday, April 27th, and we're two days away from the NFL draft. It, it, it's, it's coming. It's here. It is so yeah, here. Is. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for I'm all. Excited. And honestly, as, as we've gotten closer to the draft, and I, I don't want to start going into a big thing about both of our teams because we did that a lot in the last episode, but as we've gotten closer to the draft, I've gotten more and more pretty certain uh, that I don't think we're going to trade up for a quarterback in New England. Really? I th- no, I, I mean, like maybe, but like I, I really think the most likely pick is hanging in at 15 and taking a defensive player or even maybe trading back, which, you know, Belichick has had a proclivity, proclivity to do in the past. So that one would not, wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. I'm, I'm going in like excited and like hoping for maybe it's possible that for the first time in a really long time, we could see the Patriots do really something really exciting in the first round of the draft for the first time really like ever maybe so i was pretty excited when we drafted Nikhil harry but look how that worked out yeah but i mean like i i, I don't know i i think you know i'm excited at the potential for something to happen but i'm i'm going in expecting to be disappointed but you know if we ended up with like a jc horn or someone like that it would be, oh, that'd be awesome for you guys yeah i mean it would be it would be pretty awesome it just wouldn't be uh the exciting like thing that i've been hoping for this entire time but who knows bell maybe belichick has a trick up his sleeve there was a report today that they were uh looking to trade up to number eight with Carolina. They'd done the groundwork on, on that deal. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but I wouldn't think anything would happen before the draft. I would think it would be a draft night. Well, yeah, it's one of those things you have to really see what happens. Again, we said we were going to talk about more of the back end 16 and down. But I know it's about, well, I was no, about- well, no, no, no. Well, it, it, it is relevant. And um, you really have to see what happens in that top four. It's either because Atlanta is either pits quarterback trade. If they do trade and, or they take a quarterback, you're looking at you guys probably sitting put, but if they do draft pits or they trade with someone, you know, if there are, if, if there's one of those quarterbacks on the board, say um, Justin Fields at like a seven or eight where Carolina is, you can see you guys trading up there. So we'll see what happens there, but that's definitely going to be a draft day thing because you, I really <clears throat> can't really gauge what's going to happen now. I mean, it'd be silly to trade up now. I don't want to rehash the same show. I really don't think Atlanta's going to going to draft the quarterback at four, but we'll just have to see because if, if I also don't think that Mac Jones is the pick at three, and if Mac Jones is the pick at three and Justin Fields is sitting there, sitting pretty, the Georgia boy for Atlanta, then I think it'd be hard, be really hard for the Falcons to pass up on that, even if their plan as of now is to take Kyle Pitts. So we'll just have well, to see. I don't know. It's been interesting. I, I was, I said on the last show that I thought that Justin Fields was kind of the surefire at three, and then we kind of unless there's a smoke screen going on here we've kind of seen reports that he's not going three at all it's not gonna be it would be a pretty ultimate smoke screen if justin fields does end up going three i was listening to todd mcshay on pardon my take today he was saying i mean like saying for his money he really thinks it's mac jones because 
I, I for for whatever reason it seems like based on this is what he's saying based on his sources so again like it could be the biggest smoke screen ever and we have no idea but McShay was saying that two guys that he like really trusts NFL source wise were saying that the personnel department really wants Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan really wants Mac Jones I don't what know report that John Lynch said something and it was it was one it went one of the other one of the two ways and I think it did go the way that Kyle Shanahan does get the say at the end of the day. I, I mean like in terms of who ultimately has the power, I guess it's John Lynch, but like you don't like No, I think he said that like in terms of personnel, especially with the offense, that he's gonna hand it off to Shanahan, which makes sense that they would take Mac Jones at that spot then, because if you look at a guy like Matt Ryan, he's kind of more you know towards that i mean it makes sense but like at that point draft kyle pitts and keep garoppolo like i guess like uh mac jones would be very funny to be um jimmy garoppolo right now or unsettling i mean the stuff that he's like i can't guarantee anybody's alive by sunday so i mean yeah it sounds like a pft commenter tweet it sounds like kyle shanahan is planning on murdering jimmy garoppolo (laughs) By the looks of it, that could be what's on our hands. I don't know, but a little bit cryptic from Coach Kyle Shanahan there. I, I, I was, uh, I would, if I were Jimmy, I would be maybe a little bit concerned. Maybe hire some some security for the next couple of days. Yeah, I don't know. That was a pretty um, odd comment. Very strange, but it's draft season. It's it's the it's the things best. are strange. I'm sure, like you know, war rooms and the ins and out, outs of a um, organization are very, you know. Before we keep getting into players and stuff here, I mean, can you imagine like working as an NFL personnel department right now and you're like in a war room every – you've been there every day for the past three months and just like like just imagine – all coming to a tee right now. Yeah, that's like, – that's day is away and like everything you've worked for for the last year, literally the last year because – You're a scout, yeah. Obviously, like, you know, Belichick's the coach and the GM. You know, obviously he's the one at the end of the day doing the drafting. But, for example, like, you know – yeah again he's still the coach and the general manager like he can't be spending a ton of time during the season watching college football and looking at the that's why these personnel guys are hired so it's literally like the work you've been doing for almost an entire year is like about to come to fruition and in a lot of cases the gms listen to none of it that's the thing because i was i'm glad you said that because that's the thing when we could transition to my team um it's literally no secret anybody that moves on they'll go on a podcast and say like yeah Howie Roseman does everything like like it, every final say every say period goes through him. So like, I, I, I don't understand how he could still have that be the case this year when literally the report came out, the personnel department wanted Justin Jefferson. He was crazy about Jalen. Yeah. Like how, how there's no way he's not at least involving them a little bit more, unless he's just like really the most arrogant and stupid person in the league, which it might be pretty possible. Probable. It's not I, I, yeah, I would say that's probably more likely than than not. I mean, hey, he got us a Super Bowl, but probably won't be getting us another one. <laughs> he probably won't be getting us another. I, I, I don't think he's gonna be. I mean, they're let's face it, the Eagles are gonna have a bad season again. It's just yeah. what's gonna happen. Um, I, I don't think Howie Roseman probably make. I'm not unless. I mean, he needs to hit a slam dunk in this first round. That needs to absolutely ball out. And uh, if that's the case, then he'll keep his job. And, and and that's very much like predicated on what other teams do because we're sitting at twelve, not six. And if we're sitting at six, and we, like I said a couple minutes ago, 
there was a scenario where there are four quarterbacks off the board, you automatically have Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. Actually, now that I think about it, um, even even if well, we'll see what happens at twelve, but Howie Roseman does they don't they didn't pick up an extra first rounder this year at all, right? No, we have three next though. So, I mean, they'll, they'll they'll keep him around for for two years at least. He I mean, he might uh, end up screwing you guys over with the three first round picks, but I I, I think. It'd be ours. He's the one who Miami. It'd be ours, Miami's, I believe, and then um the as long. I mean, so the Colts thing is Wentz has to. We seven. went over that. There's the stipulation. He's got to play like seventy five percent of the snaps, and they have to go ten and or win ten games. It was like playoffs or seven in seventy percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a game thing. It was playoffs, and I think that's gonna happen. So, I do too. But um, well, we'll see what we do because we could we could move. I'm not really sure, but. I think you'll probably have a top ten pick, and then three pick, or and then two more picks in the twenties next year. I, I think that's yeah. Good. And then there's a good chance they use those two picks to move up again, depending on what's. And in that uh, case, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens in that case. But I, I mean, do yeah, think we're talking a year down the line, people. We don't even know yet. So now that now that I've I've thought about that a little bit more, I I, I don't think that the Eagles will part with Howie Roseman. I don't think the Eagles will part with Howie Roseman for a long time, regardless, because he's like the puppet master that I don't. A disaster of an organization. All right, so to move into a little more uh, more player talk outside of the top ten. Well, maybe outside of the top ten. We'll see. We'll start the conversation with let's talk about Jalen Waddle because I kind of seen him mocked all over the place. You you said right before we started recording, you saw one with him at six to Miami, which uh, I think I saw as well. I've seen. 11 or or i've seen 11 to the giants i've seen 12 to philadelphia i've seen 16 to arizona um i don't so we, think he's gonna drop to 16 i don't think he's gonna drop to 16 but i will say i think the reason we've seen 16 to arizona i said it in the group chat today waddle to arizona man oh man oh man no yeah scary. absolutely scary and perfect fit let's say i mean He's never really had the chance to to prove or disprove this, to be fair. But I think probably Jalen Waddle's not an NFL number one wide receiver. I mean, he, I guess the the one, point, the one the one you could point to is is Tyreek in that in that situation. But I mean, I don't think he's quite. Uh, I don't think Tyreek Hill can... doesn't work as a number one receiver because I mean, think about that. I mean, that they have like Travis Kelsey. He works for what he is in that offense. Yeah, and I mean, also the fact that he's one of the fastest men on the, on the planet. Yeah. Uh, which I think uh, allows him to kind of get over. Not that he has like size issues. He's just not like a prototypical big bodied number one wide receiver that goes up and makes plays. So like for Jalen Waddle, like I, I think probably he's not, um, he's a complimentary guy. I mean, it is, we've seen it since his freshman year when he, you know, I will say about Jalen Waddle freshmen don't really play at Alabama. It's like not, not really a thing, but, Jalen Waddle was so damn good. Think of the guys he had taken snaps ahead of him, plus the guys in his in his own class. But before before that, the top three guys are Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and Devontae Smith. And and so he comes in. Ruggs and Judy were both top fifteen picks. Yeah, and, and uh, Devontae is going to be a top fifteen pick as well. Yeah. And so, I mean, he comes in his freshman year. These guys, these three guys, the heroes of the national championship, Devontae Smith freaking caught the game-winning touchdown. Jerry Judy caught a touchdown in that game as well. Ruggs was, Ruggs was like a factor all season. All those guys played freshman year, which, I mean, 
it was the national championship that was really like kind of their coming out party. So Waddle comes onto campus. He's got these three, uh, three already future Alabama legends and he gets on the field his freshman year and he excels and he doesn't just, he doesn't just get on the field. He gets on the field and he says, he makes coach save and say, man, this guy is so damn good. As in so damn quick and such a weapon as a freshman that we got to get him on the field. It's not what we do here, but he can help the team out. And boy, did he help the team out his freshman year. He was spectacular. I mean, he was like, he probably had something like six or 700 receiving yards, maybe a little bit less, but he had a few touchdowns as well. He had one of my favorite plays of the season, a uh, long touchdown against Tennessee, perfect dime from, uh, from two. And he just ran the rest of the way. I mean, Jalen Waddle, you can't, you can't say, enough about his ability he's a, he's he's a great player and uh he, right. he does a lot of things that i think are going to translate well at the next level that being said in all fairness he's always been like a complimentary piece to an offense obviously at, at alabama i mean in high school i can't speak on his high school team but That's obviously, i mean there's there's always the saying that if you're if you're playing in college whether it be baseball basketball football lacrosse i don't care what sport you're probably the best player at your high school so like that goes without saying so i mean the dude he's always so he's always been in call in meaningful football that nfl scouts are taking a look at i'll say that he's always been this complimentary guy who's you know kind of looked like early on this season obviously you know he got hurt week like four against tennessee so it wasn't uh you know he wasn't able to keep ascending but Go look at his stats from uh, from from weeks one to four. I'll tell you right now, without beyond a shadow of a doubt, definitely Devontae Smith would not have been the highest man if Jalen Waddle had, got, had not gotten hurt. No, and, and that's the thing. And I, I was saying this um, when there were rumors about us getting um, Waddle at 12. If you had tell, told me we were sitting at 12 in late October, early November, and Jalen Waddle was going to be our pick, I, I'd give you a hug and a kiss in the face. Like I'd be like, thank God. Because he was, I mean, he was kind of your number one guy. You talk about a complimentary guy, and obviously Devontae Smith's there, but he was kind of your number one guy, and everybody kind of saw him as that. When Waddle went down, people were concerned. So it was tough. It was brutal when, uh, and we knew like pretty much immediately that he was out for the rest of the season. And he came back in the championship, but then like everybody in the world was tweeting, like, please stop playing. (laughs) Could not have been out there for the national championship. That probably goes without saying, but I mean, yeah, like, look at those first few weeks. Whoo, man. I mean, yeah. Mac is just lighting it, <laughs> lighting it up to Waddle. Every, Waddle was his favorite target by, by a mile. And, uh, you know, he absolutely torched Georgia, who going into the season had one of the best defenses in, in, uh, in college football. And he embarrassed Missouri week one. He, I, I mean, the guy, he's just a great football player. And without a doubt. but obviously without a doubt, I mean, so many of these guys are great football players, but I think the thing that sets him apart is he has that ability to kind of be that electrifying uh, game changer with the ball in his hand. And I mean, there's just not a better place where he could excel than where he's not getting nearly all of the attention on him than in Arizona. I think Arizona and don't forget they picked up an agent. I think the report was that um, Larry Fitzgerald was going to retire and legend, but whatever. Um, they picked up an AJ Green as well. So that, yeah. that gives you, you know, Hopkins who can do it all. Waddle, who's your speed guy. And AJ Green's a big body. So that's – that. Don't forget, would just Christian, be... don't forget Christian Kirk as well. And, Another and one. 
even like Andy Isabella as well. They have like a decent set of uh, of receiving of receivers in Arizona. I'm just already Waddle's definitely yeah. Waddle's definitely wouldn't I wouldn't wouldn't put wide receiver at uh, at their biggest team need. They should probably you know there'd be nothing wrong with continuing to build up that defense after after getting Isaiah Simmons last year. And but I mean Waddle unlocks the keys to from a really, really solid offense led by Kyler Murray to, to something that could be potentially unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, that looks at, I mean, if you, you put him into that offense, that's just like, and then like the additions that they've also made on defense this year, Arizona can be scary. I mean, that entire division is just <coughs> division, man. Insane. Crap shoot. And it's crazy uh, because if you remember just growing up, like say like a decade ago, that division was always yeah. a disaster. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't. And we were always the good division. So <laughs> shift, shift the East to the West. You know, I've said like, uh, I've said since the Stafford trade that I thought it was the Rams division to lose, but, and that I wasn't that sold on the Cardinals, but as we've gotten closer to the draft here and, Man, if the Cardinals can land Jalen Waddle, they might flip from my pick for fourth in the NFC West to first in the NFC West. I think he, I think he can make that much of a difference for them. I mean, we already saw flashes of what that offense would led by Kyler Murray can do. Yeah, also, Kyler Murray year three. Don't forget about that either. I mean, like, yikes. <laughs> They're going to be scary. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, with seven playoff teams, you could be looking at at least three from that division. I, don't, I just think the way – scheduling set up the fact that you play this, these teams six times one's gonna have to be left out and to be honest with you could be seattle could be seattle i don't know seattle really hasn't made many moves could be seattle too. i think if there's an odd man well i i mean again obviously we will have to rehash this after the draft but if there's an odd man out right now in that NFC West, I'm thinking it's probably Seattle. I agree 100%. I don't know. Seattle really hasn't done much to get better. There's obviously the internal stuff going on there with like the whole Russell Wilson situation this offseason. They I haven't don't know. done anything to get no. better. I mean, I, like, did, I, if, correct they me. Re-signed, if they re-signed um, Dunlap, and that was really the only move of note. That I, I, I can't remember a single like notable move that, that Seattle has made this offseason. Maybe I'm forgetting someone, but um, – I, again, I think the only move of note was re-signing Dunlap. So, like, I mean, I don't know. It seems like everyone in that division – well, we know the Rams are getting better. That's that. That's the obvious big one. Yeah, we and they're already a good team. We know what – we saw what the 49ers can do when they were healthy. Obviously, you know, the, it was a little bit more than just injuries that went wrong for, for San Francisco in 2020. But, you know, by week four – Half their yeah, half, half their team gone. Yeah, it was. They were done. It was over. It was there was no real ever chance for Kyle Shanahan and and the 49ers in 2020. So, I, I'm. I mean, again, we have the Niners sitting at three. So, and again, we don't think that he uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on the team. Um, at, I actually do. I think he probably. Well, I will say so. Okay, so I do too. But based off of what Kyle Shanahan said, it's uh, hard to imagine. That he's at least their guy going forward, and I and I think if they draft the Mac Jones, it's tough to throw Mac Jones into. Um, I tell you NFL. what, I'd bet a lot of money right now that Jimmy Garoppolo is the Week One starting quarterback. Oh, okay, I, I would as well. I'm just saying, it, say imagine they do trade him. I don't think that they're in position to compete right now, but maybe they're thinking that way. Maybe they're like, all right, we'll we'll uh, 
let some. You went all possibly uh, on board with this little uh, Kyle Pitts to San Francisco conspiracy theory. <laughs> No, I, I no, I, I'm saying they're probably going to draft the quarterback. I'm just saying. I mean, like, I, I have to. I'm just saying, e- even if they do get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo and plan on playing him week one or play with Jimmy Garoppolo, who doesn't lose. I mean, we, we you know, we don't love him, but he doesn't lose very much. So there's the Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there you go. But other than that, I mean, I, I don't know what his record is as a starter, but it's like alarmingly it's good. It's impressive for it's sure. It's like alarmingly impressive. Yeah. So. I'm still convinced that uh, we're not going to trade up for a quarterback. We're going to take a defensive player and that the plan is literally Garoppolo in, in next year's offseason to trade for Garoppolo. As I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, but I would be disappointed. I just think, like, you, you don't want to be up at 15 ever again. Make it happen now. You filled all the holes. Give up whatever you have to give up. If you if – you... And here's the thing. We, we've seen – Bill Belichick have no problem not having like draft capital. So I'm saying like if you trade multiple first rounders or whatever it takes, whatever it might take, and I'm saying hypothetically, I'm yeah. saying for Justin Fields. I'm saying for Justin Fields because hey, you're not going to need to do it. You can do that at seven. That's what like I'm saying. Right. Like I have to. I'm still probably if you put a gun to my head, I think I would still say that Fields is my prediction for the 49ers at three. I still am not quite by report that we've seen since the last show when I, where I said, I think he's going three has said that he's not going three. Like I think everybody is saying, nobody is saying it's going to be fields at three. I don't get it. How is that possible? Well, I don't know. Someone um, brought up the whole epilepsy thing and that's why the 49ers wrote him off. I don't know about that. I mean, bullshit. No way. Yeah. That, that like can't be, that's not something that like, and if it, if, it, if that's something that was a problem, that's something that NFL teams have been aware of for years on this guy. Yeah, uh, and probably, college teams. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, he, he could have played anywhere he wanted. And he played uh, at two of the top five programs in the country. Exactly. Like, if, uh, if that was ever an issue, or and I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not a doctor. I don't know much about epilepsy, but I think my understanding of it, like, it, it gets better over time and you kind of, like, grow out of it. Uh, like it's not you don't I don't think you like regress and like it gets where I really don't know but that's like my understanding of it and uh like, it's not I'm that not it's it. just not that I, no uh, I would say it's <laughs> like a, a you know sensitive subject here but I I would say it's more likely an issue of race than epilepsy uh like uh yeah, but, the, but, but, the, but then again we've we've seen um Trey Lance you know be linked to I mean, I, I really would I, – I don't actually think it's that, but, like, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Well, I, I just don't get the like, – and we mentioned this in the last show, so I don't want to take too much time on this, but I don't get the consensus, you know, Zach Wilson two over a field. I don't get that either, but, I mean, that's that's happening. There's no, not even a point. Yeah. I, I don't get that one either. We On the 49ers, though, we don't really know, but people think they know. I just I, – I can't – believe that it's going to be mac jones i cannot believe it i i, I mean I, I, i'm sure you're sure gonna be happy about it i will be very I'm happy happy. For him. I, I, I i i i like mac jones as a person I, of course look at my hat i'm wearing a 2020 national championship hat i love mac jones 
I want Mac Jones to be in the best situation he possibly can be. Which is San Francisco. Unless he dropped to 15 to New England, that, uh, 100% it is San Francisco. For Mac Jones, just for Mac Jones, not talking about the team, 100% San Francisco is the best situation for him. I think he could succeed there. I think he could be. Again, we've had this conversation on Mac Jones a lot. I think probably he has the highest floor of any of these guys. May, you could argue Trevor Lawrence, but even so, I think Mac Jones is going to be a solid NFL starting quarterback. I, I'm really – not concerned in the slightest that Mac Jones is going to bust and flame out and be out of the league in, in five years. I, I It's just not going to happen. I think he's going to be very solid. out of the league, but I, I, I'm not sold that he's going to be a great starter. No, I, I'm not even saying great. I'm just saying like a decent Solid. starting corner. I think that's like, I think like Kirk Cousins. You know who has so much more upside? Justin Fields. That's a, I, I agree. I agree. But. I think if you if you told me right now that one of these guys is going to completely bust and uh, and flame out of the league, I would probably be more inclined to believe it's Justin Fields than Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones has all of the tools. Well, I'll be, be mostly inclined to say it's Trey Lance, even though I love Trey Lance. Well, I was saying between the two of them, yes, okay. I, I would probably agree that Trey Lance is the most likely candidate. He's got such a high ceiling and such a low floor. Yeah. So played one heard- season at. North Dakota State. Although Carson once played too, and I know you guys are gonna. Yeah, I mean, like Mac Jones has all the tools to be a successful NFL star. I think his floor is like Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, nothing like too flashy or too special. I, I, I don't, I don't think he's ever <laughs> like a little, like a little bit. Uh, maybe a more southern version of Kirk Cousins, but um, that's his floor. Like that's. And that's not necessarily not definitely not what you want if you're going to trade multiple first round picks to to move up to the third overall pick with other guys with some really high potential on the board. So I just I think it's interesting that the Niners traded up so early because the more that we talk about this, the more that it would make sense to me that they could have done that they could have traded up, you know, must, a few spots back. Must, like uh, my answer to that would be, I think that they've had a guy this entire time quarterback wise that they are in love with and have, it has been the guy the entire time. I think it's going to be Mac Jones. And if that's like, and if that's the case and they, they were maybe worried that someone else would move. Maybe they were worried that new England or Denver or someone like that would swoop up to three. And, and at that point, if you think this is our guy, this is who we want. We're going to do you trade up to three and you completely secure him. You guarantee that no one is going to take your guy. Obviously, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are going to be gone when you get to the third pick. Yeah. I don't, I, I, and let's talk about Denver. I just think it's interesting how, like, everyone in that organization for the last two years has been like, you got to wait and see what Drew Locke's going to do for this organization. And every single pick that I've had, I've seen them linked to is like a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields or whoever the hell drops there. So, I've done a great job staying outside the top 10, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Just so interesting. I don't know. I've, I'm actually looking at a mock right now and looking at the um, back end of the draft and just looking at certain things that I'm seeing. I'm seeing Gregory Rousseau to the Browns, which I don't understand at all. Um, yeah. I don't know why they would invest a first round pick into Gregory Rousseau after. I mean, Clowney, they only signed on a one year. For year. one year. Yeah. Um, and obviously Garrett, they plan on having, they'll probably have to give Bar- Garrett a, a pretty big, I don't know if he's gotten his big extension yet. He has it's, coming. it's coming if he whether has. he has or hasn't, it's coming. Uh, he's he's going to be in Cleveland, so it would be obviously not a big team need. So I have I'm not like 
like uh, I'm not hearing great things about Gregory Rousseau. No, neither am I. And I, don't, um, I don't think it helped them opting out either. It definitely did not help him out. I don't know it's, how it's it interesting because like Jalen Phillips has like consensusly like risen shot, over, yeah, risen over him. Like it's Gregory yeah. Rousseau when he opted out, he was kind of seen as like a surefire like top ten pick. Yeah. The, without a doubt, I've even saw like you know, I'm I'm the weirdo who reads Walter football mock drafts three years in advance. I even saw like Jaylen, uh, Gregory Rousseau like top three uh, like a year or two ago. Well, he's just a freak. He's just he's like six foot I mean, six, two hundred and eighty pounds, and and I think that's the problem. I, I'm like every everything that I've read indicates that he's uh, you know I I don't <laughs> I don't pretend to be a scout. I'm not. Uh, I don't have any real experience playing the game. Uh, and you know, so I'm not basing this off of my own film study. I'll just, I'll just say what I've heard from, from people who, who do know a little bit more about the, the nitty gritty of NFL draft scouting that he's really stiff and he just has a hard time moving around, which I mean, if he's six foot seven, I can kind of like understand maybe he's not the, the athletic Marvel that, that we thought at first. Yeah, I'm not sure on him. He he's kind of a um, risky. He's a wild card in this one. He's, sure. he's a wild card. I, I could see I him dropping to, out of the first round. Definitely, uh, I don't think he'll drop out of the first round because I do think he still has that really high upside. Just from even his name, like uh, like he's you know he's been talked about as a first round pick for forever. Years. Yeah. So like I, I do think that he'll probably hang in. When you when you think about the past and just guys that do play his position, even um, that have similar, you know, praise of being an athletic freak. Like look at a Sean Oakman. Yeah, I like, mean, Sean Oakman had a. Uh, what is he doing right now? I, I not playing football. He's not playing football. I think Sean Oakman had a. Uh, I don't know if you ever. I think there was a legal thing there. Yeah. Yeah, he had a legal issue that that we won't get into. Yeah. It off the air, but uh, anyway. But uh, um, and in in the same breath of players that opted out and that have kind of fallen, think about a Micah Parsons who I'm still extremely high on. I don't. Under, I haven't seen really any mocks that have him much higher than ten. Yeah, Micah Parsons is a guy I've seen. Like every linebacker ranking list I've seen has been pretty different, um, in terms of of where they've had. I've seen Micah Parsons as the top ranked running back. I've or linebacker, linebacker. Um, and I've seen him as uh, as like the fourth ranked linebacker behind behind uh, you know this guy from I can't I still don't remember how to pronounce his name, but uh, the guy Jeremiah Owasu. And uh, there, there are a few, uh, there are a few really solid linebackers in this one. A guy who, uh, yeah, the this this uh, draft guide I had sent you has Parsons actually ranked one, and Owusu ranked two. Uh, Zaven Collins from Tulsa ranked three. Another guy I brought him up on the last show. He's ranked four here. Jameen Davis from Kentucky, a guy I've read a lot about. Uh, athletic freak teams are marveling about him. I think he could end up slipping into the early early second half of uh, of the first round for sure is uh, is a possibility with Jermaine Davis but yeah Micah Parsons is a guy I could I think someone's probably I mean it's the opt-outs you just it's it's hard it's hard to be able to to know I mean I know a lot of these coaches are basing their draft study in 2021 on the 2019 season and not the 2020 season and a lot of it also we don't have a combine we're also, yeah. I mean, it's different than last year where we're like a little bit removed from all the COVID stuff, but we still are in a situation where we don't exactly, you know, we might be looking at these mock drafts and they could be way off. Yeah. And, 
So who knows? No one knows. That's that's like the best part about the NFL draft. These mock drafts like don't really mean anything at the end of the day. I mean, like, sure, maybe the top five, like maybe there'll be somewhat someone's gonna have like a pretty accurate mock draft for at least like the top ten or something like that. But outside of that, just no one knows. I mean, yeah, I mean and again, top ten talk. Um uh the thing is there's been so many mocks that I've seen that I've seen, you know, Devonte Smith fall as far as like 15. And like, I think if, if a team's thinking just logically, he could go seven, he can go six, you know, you're talking about, I'm sorry, just Devontae Smith. Oh, Devonte Smith. Um, six. I mean, we talked about him a lot on the last show, so I don't want to get into it too big. No, I'm, ju- I'm just saying there are players that have dropped super far in terms of just mocks and look at Justin yeah. Fields. I don't know if you saw, yeah. Um, that's, and that's his mock draft's a little bit weird, but Chris Sims had Justin Fields thirty-two to the Buccaneers. Don't, don't, don't. I yeah, I sent that one to the group chat. Don't. I I got sucked. But my the- point is, we got players all over the map, yeah. and when we said, you know, you look at mid mid season college football or even the end of the year, Justin Fields is pretty much consensus too. Like, sure. and I'm not saying he's going to go to because he's not going to go to because yeah. it's going to be Zach Wilson, but. You know, and we were talking on this show that we didn't think Mac Jones could be a first round pick. Now we're looking at him maybe third overall. I've said this whole college football season that I thought Mac Jones was going to end up being a first round pick. Uh, deserve- well, he's going to be an absolutely a top 10 pick now. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I've uh, been on, you know, as much as I don't really want Mac Jones for the Patriots and would rather have Trey Lance or Justin Fields. I have been on the, the Mac Jones for the first round pick train for a while. But anyway, um yeah, I, I, we just don't know. I mean, it's it, it's the best part of the draft. But let's 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 get outside the top ten for 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 at least a little bit here. We talked about Arizona at sixteen a little bit. Jen, uh, Daniel Jeremiah actually has Waddle falling to to sixteen. I think he'll probably come out with another one. I don't think he'll fall to sixteen either. So seventeen, we got the Raiders. Uh, Jeremiah the has a player on the board. Jeremiah has him going with the best player on the board, who, ironically, his name is Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Uh, and definitely, definitely uh, that late teen I mean, round is, I think, probably where he's going to go. Depend- we'll I think they're going to end up going defense, too, just just in general. You know, they have, a new, they have a new defensive coordinator uh, with Gus Bradley, and uh, they signed, I believe, Yannick Ngakwe. The whole thing with them was just that – I mean, they were 6-3 and three at a point. Yeah. And, and what pretty much took them away from the playoffs was their defense. Their defense was terrible. Derek Carr didn't uh, – Do them many favors either, but – Yeah, he didn't uh, – What if the sneaky team that no one has talked about trading up, which I think is a little odd considering that they're they have a higher pick than – and the Bears and the higher pick than the football team. I don't know why no one's talking about the Raiders as a possibility to uh, to try to move up for a quarterback. Really? You think they're... I don't think Gruden. I think, I think Gruden, Gruden has sees, felt the same the way about with, We mentioned this with Jared Goff and um, uh, McVay. Gruden might see a ceiling with Derek Carr. And I think he's already reached it. I think he probably feels that. I don't think Gruden's. I've never thought Gruden is a big fan of Derek Carr, honestly. I could see that. That's that, that, that. That's a long shot, you know, idea. Maybe move up to four if they really like Justin Fields or someone. Don't forget, it was two years ago. They were really looking up to move up. And when this is when Derek Carr had like a kind of a higher stock as a quarterback in the league. 
they were looking to move up to one um, to go get Kyler Murray. And that was like a big, big rumor. So, you know, you, you never know. Gruden's been, I think Gruden's been biding his time on, on replacing Tarek Carr. I really have, I don't know why. I've just always got. Well, don't forget, field. Gruden's been around for a few years and has kind of done a lot of nothing. So, it, yeah, it, he wants to, I mean, he got a, what, a 10 year deal? For a hundred million dollars, I don't. I don't think they're moving on from him. He's too big of a name. I mean, not, I mean, I don't necessarily think they should move on. I do think he's overrated for sure. I think that goes. Well, yeah, his, his name is the reason he's got yeah. you know, the role that he does. At least the contract that he does. Yeah, uh, but I mean, he did win a Super Bowl. To be fair, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, twenty years ago, he's not. He's yeah, Gruden. Gruden's not getting fired anytime soon. He's got at least he's got at least like three more really bad years before. They you think him. you think maybe if a if a lineman that's kind of you know like maybe an Elijah Vera, Vera Tucker type of guy. I don't think Slater or definitely not Sewell will fall there, but you know an Elijah Vera Tucker maybe. Uh, yeah, there. I think uh, there's it, a chance they go line. It's a solid class of tackles, and they did trade uh, Trent Brown back to the Patriots. Um, so yeah, I. I'm not sure. I believe Vera Tucker is a guard, but either way. Vera Tucker is, in fact, uh, yes, you are right. He's a guard. Uh, so we'll see what would happen there. Uh, I could yeah. see them taking a lineman. He's not going to go before uh, before 17 for sure. You don't um, think so? No, because I think there are two really solid tackles, and I think at that point uh, I don't think a guard is going to go in, in, like, the top 15. It's just not – the value is just not there. For yeah, a that's fair. I don't think – uh, that, that, that's a potential so, yeah, so he could definitely be available um at two but uh i i would think that that line they probably do end up going defense and, go got, and you know what we've seen the raiders and in this era kind of reach for guys that have high name value but um have fallen could see them go in defensive back as well and i know i know they do have some young good defensive backs but you know talk about a farley maybe yeah, I mean, they did invest a first-round pick last year and or two, two, years. Last, two years ago in Damon Arnett. Uh, who, that might have been last year. I think it was last year because didn't they have three first-rounders? I believe they did. I can't remember. They've been in a weird draft situation because of the Khalil Mack trade for years, so I can't even remember exactly when. But they did. It was either last draft or the draft before. I want to actually say it was, it was last, last draft. draft because they they also picked rugs last draft. It was last draft. Yeah, so, yeah they invested a first round pick in. Uh, yeah, because Josh Jacobs would have been the draft before that when they also yeah. had multiple first. As well as Clellan Clellan Farrell, who that's that's yeah. why I brought up reaching. I don't, I don't understand. Sure, I mean, yeah, that's obviously one of the bigger reaches we've seen in the top five in recent years, but um. I mean, probably the biggest one we've seen in the top five. But anyway, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't see them go in corner just because they did, again, with the invest the first-round pick in Damon Arnett last year. And I think, I mean, I don't watch a ton of – By the way, if, if, if Quiddy Pay drops to 17, you can circle that in. Yeah, it'd be I mean, Max Crosby is a really nice piece for the Raiders and to get, get him a little compliment on, on the other side. That would uh, – I mean, I don't know. Like we've, like we've talked about on the last show, it's just – a super weak class for edge rushers. I probably think pay. I think Quiddy Pay is a great player, but behind him, it's kind of. That's what I'm saying. Like the team reach on him is what you're kind of saying. I think he's going to get reached on in like the that top 15 by someone. You, you, I think you can go if that was to happen. Even Dallas in 11, 12, or, or or Dallas. Um, I think that I, I think, think Dallas is going to end up with Patrick Sertan, though. I think that that's kind of the. Uh, yeah, you're doing that. Think about me. 
I mean, <laughs> I go to Alabama. <laughs> yeah, I, and, I, and I root against yeah, the Dallas. Well, I, well I, I was talking about it more from the perspective that I hate the Cowboys and don't want to see uh, my guy Sertain have to, have to wear a Cowboys jersey. But, yes, you actually would have to play him twice a year, so fair enough. Uh, but And, like, I the mean, thing against Dallas has been they have no secondary, so. Damn, Sertain out, out opposite of Trayvon Diggs for Dallas. Ugh, gross. I'm sure a lot of Cowboys Alabama fans would like that, though. I'm sure there's a lot of those. I'm sure there's a ton of them. Alabama, the University of Alabama has a wide alumni network, and the Dallas Cowboys have way too wide of a fan base. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think uh, – Hey, probably go in the top 15 just because teams might be looking at it. I did see again today uh, some more Jerry Jones infatuated with Kyle Pitts reports. I mean, there's a chance they trade up before. That would break my heart. Really fool. No, no. You should be happy if that happens. It'd be really foolish. Why? I think Kyle Pitts is the best thing since sliced bread, so. Yes, I I know how high. I think so, too. He's a beast, but – they don't need him. I mean, they were scoring 40-plus points a game last year. With I mean, Dak was keeping them in games because they can't play defense. They, they have play to go defense. They, they cannot. Because here's what's going to happen. You want to move up to take Kyle Pitts, great. You probably have to give up a first-rounder next year. Uh, then what you happens have when – a lethal offense. And then what happens like when a, you're scoring – We can't 40, play defense either. And I know we're going to have a bad year, but I'd like to root for us not to. You're scoring 40 points a game, but you're giving up 45. Then next year, sitting right at the same, right in the exact same situation. Oh, we have this great offense. Dak can't even. Not a lot of money to spend either. Not a lot of money to spend. We should probably look to the draft to uh, to to take some defensive help. Oh wait, we gave up our first round pick this year because we won Kyle Pitts last year. I think it'd be really foolish of them to do that. It would, but I don't want to. I don't want any. Unless Kyle Pitts is playing in green, I don't want and anywhere near me. It's not gonna be playing green. Well, maybe in Miami. Um, we'll see. But <laughs> I do think he's going to Atlanta. But yeah, I did. I mean, maybe Howie. How maybe Howie Roseman knew that. Maybe Howie Roseman knew that. Freaking <laughs> three. I, I, I can't. Two months ago, I don't know how long it was ago we traded the pick. But um, I don't know. I I, I can't really really fathom. Jerry Jones being dumb enough to trade up to for. I mean, I mean, he I traded guess, up for Lamb last year, correct? Uh, no, I think Lamb just dropped to him, if I'm remembering correctly. No, what? Okay, yeah, no. I, I, I was thinking we should have traded up for Lamb yeah. last year, and then yeah, we didn't, and he dropped to 18, I believe it was, and then, the you know. Hey, uh, Rieger's only 22, so. Story's not, yeah, Nikhil Harry's only 23, 24. But. All right, I don't think, I mean, Rieger was hurt most of the year last year anyway. I, I don't know, I, I, I don't think. He could be all right. He's not going to be Justin Jefferson. Like I got, low, yeah, I got low hopes for both of us on that front. But yeah. either way, uh, yeah. So for Dallas, I think most likely they most go likely they're just going to sit there and take Patrick Sertain or or Quiddy Pie. Uh, I can see that as well. Um, I'd like that over Sertain like, because then there's a chance that we go get Sertain because I don't think the Giants are going to go take Patrick. Sertain. I think if that's the case, Giants probably end up trading down. I don't think they're going to go take a wide receiver. They just paid Kenny Galladay. Um, I don't know, man. You get Devonte Smith in in blue at eleven. Wow, well, again, that, that that's kind of a silly move as well, isn't it? I mean, I don't think it's silly in the sense. Yes, like I I've said it time and time again. Yes, it's not Madden. You can't just uh, stack your team with solid receivers and, and have it work out. But at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know. It, 
I think this is what I would say about, about the Giants. Obviously, you don't want to gamble with your first-round pick. Well, you don't want to play with fire too much with your first-round pick. But I will say this. I think a lot of people, even in the Giants building, are unsold and unsure about Daniel Jones. Give him no excuse. Give him and and uh, draft Devontae Smith and find out this year if this kid is if this kid has it or not. And or, if he doesn't, or again, give him no excuse and bolster up that line. That too. I mean, you could do that as well if if uh, like a Rashawn Slater dropped. Uh, to I 11. mean, you did you did just draft Andrew Thomas, so I will, yeah, I will. I mean, there's a I don't know uh, left ta- left tackle versus right tackle. What everyone plays and Andrew Thomas play. I think Andrew Thomas is a right tackle if I'm remembering correctly. And they did bring back Nate Solder. Yeah, so I mean, I guess tackle's not... I think they're going to trade back, dude. They could trade back and take like an Elijah Vera Tucker. At like, uh, That'd be a great pick. That'd be a great move. If I was a Giants I'll fan... I'll, I'll, tell you what, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll work this one out for you right now. Devontae Smith drops to 11, uh, so the Patriots trade 15 and... Mm, I don't know. Third. A third rounder to the wow. Giants for 11. Giant drop to 15, pick up an extra third rounder. We get Devontae Smith. Giants get Elijah Vera Tucker at 15. Everyone wins. Then what what then what do we do? Sit at 12 and draft JC Horn? I'm okay. Or uh, well, honestly, okay. I, if the Patriots are, are in a position to take JC Horn and uh I love JC Horn. I like him too. And I think if the Patriots are in a position to possibly get him. And they think that the Eagles might. I, I I could see Belichick trading up for a corner. Why not? I I I'd love to draft him. And I know Sertain's definitely got the size, and you know he can beat you off the break. But um, in just terms of strength. But I I I I do think that I don't know. I don't know if you've seen any of the J.C. Horn stuff. He's just a competitor, and I love that. Yeah, he's a dog. He's an uh, absolute dog. I think I think he's gonna be one of those guys that you look at and he's like, ah, he's. He's a dog. So uh, a lot of people missed on him. Yeah, I, th- I think he has that written all over him, uh, just to the fact that in terms of upside. So I, I'd be really happy if we left um, Thursday with the JC Horn, and if we had some receivers available at um, you know still there. Although if you do look at the end of draft, uh, end of mocks in the first round, Tony's gone. There's a run on receivers at the end of the draft. Yeah, Elijah Moore is gone. Packers and teams like that. There's a big. I don't think, and I love Kadarius Tony. I don't know, and I and I like Elijah more too. But Rieger's a small guy, and we just invested a first round pick in a small guy. You don't really need Kadarius Tony. I mean, I say that, but like he's so much better than Jalen Rieger. I think. Yeah, I I agree. It's just like mind numbing to like after a year, like oh, let's replace Jalen Rieger with with uh, Kadarius Tony and Jalen Rieger. That's just admitting defeat. I mean, it's like which maybe they should do, but. Yikes. Yeah, big time yikes. I don't know. I, I I do like the idea of maybe a Terrence Marshall draft or drops into our lap, like at a 44 is where we'd be. No, we'd yeah. be picking at 38. So that's that's a decent. How about a guy who has fallen out of a lot of first round mocks? A guy who right after the season was seen as a borderline top Top three. I even probably saw some guys say he was a top two receiver in this class. You know who I'm talking about yet? Rashad Bateman. I'm talking about Rashad Bateman. 
uh he's kind of a guy that no one has been talking about over the past like month i don't know what's happened to him in his draft stock but even i don't even think uh let me see if jeremiah even has him in the first round i don't think he does he has a lot of i mean and he's also a big but he's a big body guy i'd be happier with him him or terrence marshall because again we do need a bigger body um yeah i think bateman i think bateman's very solid i he would be a great value in the second round i think yeah, I agree. If, if, if either of them fell, fell to us in the second and we left the first with a J.C. Horn or even a Micah Parsons, um, I'd be pretty happy. Um, yeah, I think an ideal draft for Philly would be like J.C. Horn or Parsons and then like Bateman in the second. That'd be really – That'd be great. That would be great. That would be great. Because, there's, would, I, I, again, I, I don't care where he falls. Rashad Bateman's a is a um, first-round receiver talent. So I don't – yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just a weird part of the draft. I Guys, guys' names get hot for a month, and then they get really cold. You got to understand how many stars get drafted in the second round. I mean, the yeah. Dalvin Cook. I mean, we're talking different like Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, DK Metcalf. That's just off my right here. AJ yeah, Brown. Running backs are a little different because uh, just well, there's there, there's less value. But I'm just saying off the top of my head, players that just fall into the second round that can give you round, absolutely. JJ Arthega Whiteside, guys like that. <laughs> I hear. <laughs> that was a little bit mean but anyway yeah i mean i know exactly what you're saying like uh there's going to be kind of this run on receivers probably at the back end of the first round but i still think there'll be some solid guys available in the second round i think last year was lauded as this really like historically great receiver class this class is no slouch either i think there are a lot of really solid names in this one and you could be just as good of a receiver class if you ask me to i think kind of uh I don't know if I would say it's just as good because I don't well, think it has well, quite think, think about the production production that we got out of receivers last year. Lamb's a great player, yeah. but he's not I don't I, I don't think he's I think Lamb is gonna be a great I think Lamb is gonna be spectacular. He's really good. Judy's gonna have a great year. I don't know how Ruggs is gonna is gonna fare. I think yeah, Ruggs has some work to do. I, I have faith he can turn it around, but I mean we'll see on that. But I mean, I think there was a little bit more just like star power in that. Obviously, you know, a year later, I'm just trying to think like what we were thinking going into the draft. Uh, you know, we had four guys that could go in the top ten between uh, Ruggs, Judy, Lamb, and uh, yeah, that that was the narrative. I, I think Justin Jefferson. I mean, going in the top ten was always a little. And to be honest with you, that's 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 the best receiver out of the four. And I always thought that. And that's what really. You can make. You could for sure make the argument that uh, this receiver class is just every bit as deep or even more so deep. It, it's definitely deeper. I think it's probably deeper as well, just because you got the guys like the Elijah Higgins Moore, last year. Bateman's. Was Higgins last year? Was T. Higgins was last year in the second round, yeah. So, like, that is a pretty no, I, 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 I guess. There's value outside the first round at the receiver position in pretty right. much every draft. I think this, uh, the you smart- just got to pick the right ones. The smartest move for us would, would probably be go be to go to cornerback unless a guy like Kyle Pitts falls and we. If Pitts isn't falling, I, realistically, you could maybe see Chase fall or Devonte. Uh, that I, I think you the best. Oh, I, case, you I think either Devonte. I'd be surprised if Devonte and Waddle, unless there aren't trades, are both off the board at twelve. I've been saying it since what December that that Jalen Waddle would just be like the most Howie Roseman pick at top ten. Well, now that they're down at twelve, I think it would be a little bit definitely more acceptable. I was saying when when uh, we've, we've just been talking about this value where I don't think I mean it, we we have good you know Caleb Farley we have also um 
Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. So there, there is value with these cornerbacks. But I, I, if, if you're asking me, I, I think you can get more receiver value down low and you can't get a guy like J.C. Horn down there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, Farley is a guy that a lot of people are split on, I think. Yeah. Because he was and I, 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 it's a risky I'm, pick. So I was positive he was an opt-out. He was uh one of the best corners in the country going into the yeah. season and decided to opt out. So these guys you just don't know. You just don't. And I I, I think the safe the safest route for us yeah. would be cornerback. I think Horn is not quite obviously nothing in the NFL draft is a sure thing, but definitely uh as, as close to it as you can get with a – I mean, not, I, I'm hesitant to even say that, but, I mean, definitely uh, a much safer pick in a lower lower floor is more quarterback term, but I would probably say he has a lower form and less bust potential than Caleb Farley. I, I could agree with then, that. I, I do again, I'm not – Absolutely. No, <laughs> absolutely. I don't know. I, I, I'd be really happy. I, I'm really hoping that's the move we go unless we do move. I re- Again, I could really see us move back. Um, unfortunately. Well, let, let's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I got two teams I want to talk about because I think they're, they're the two teams that, uh, potentially could, uh, I think what there's one, I got one player in mind and I got two teams that, that, uh, he could potentially go to, uh, the guy, uh, actually I'll tell you the teams first and then, and then I want you to guess. And say, I don't, I think you might've read this in the group me in the group chat earlier. So this might be spoiled for all of our great listeners who want the suspense. But anyway, the two teams, uh, in the two picks 18 and 24 Miami dolphins, Pittsburgh Steelers. There's one guy that I think would benefit oh, Najee Harris immensely both. And yes, it is Najee Harris. Well, it's, and- it's interesting that you bring that up because I'm thinking, well, we've, we've talked about running backs and how they're different. I was earlier, well, I'm just kind of talking and scrolling, looking at 30. And to say if maybe he drops past 24, that's Buffalo's all over it. Now, I do think he's not going to drop past 24, and I do think he's going to go 24 to the Steelers. But, um, and I do think ETN's going to end up going 30 to the Bills. Um, I could see him going 18, though. That, 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 that'd be, uh, yeah, you got to get a lot of Alabama reunions there, don't you? Man. <laughs> That guy, not. I or, mean, I, I or, got this. Giddy. Go ahead. Go ahead. Or they 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 throw a curveball and uh, say screw Tua, move up to three, and trade those two picks. <laughs> <laughs> they had three. Uh, like if they were if they that's, wanted that's to say true. screw Tua, yeah, yeah that, could that have was, taken Justin that Fields. Was, that was dumb. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, I. I think the dolphins moving down from three more than anything said that we believe in Tua, and i think i think i mean i've been i said i said this exact thing in the group chat today i've been in kind of a uh alabama sports radio think tank all semester but i'm all the way back in on Tua. i uh i know we were kind of both out on him in in december at the end of the I, I, this, this is a very big prove it year for Tua in the same way that, um, I mean, he has to do, he has to show something this year that's what they, i'm saying they almost need to make the playoffs that's why I bring up, yeah, I mean, on the backs of a, on the backs of a great defense, but whatever. I mean, Tua Tua played they well. Great and the Arizona game, the Arizona like going to add Jamar Chase. So the Arizona game for uh, against uh, Kyler Murray, I, I mean, Tua outdoled him. He, he played better than him. And yeah, the, and then look at the Buffalo game, Week Seventeen, where he took a poop. You're right. Uh, you know, I think there were handcuffs on him, and I don't think there's the right personnel in that offense. And I personally. 
not even personally, this is a pretty widely held belief, shouldn't have been playing. Uh, there was no reason for him to be on the field his rookie year. Fitzpatrick, unless he got hurt, should have been starting that entire year. There was no need to go to Fitzpatrick. Was it the Raiders that that game? I think it was the Raiders that game where Fitzpatrick played on a night game and just absolutely just like came in and won the game. It was the Raiders. Yeah. yeah. I think it was. Yeah, that sounds right. I, I don't. Exactly. The uh, face max throw. I believe it, I believe it was um, Oakland. Um, irrelevant anyway. Um, I, 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 I think there's going to be a lot of improvement. And again, the did, did say that he kind of did have handcuffs on him, which I, which I could agree with. Yeah. I mean, I they didn't ask him to throw deep. And if you, and, and, and everybody that said that he can't throw deep, well, you got to look at some Alabama. Do? Like, look at the biggest throw that he made in the biggest game of his life in the first game of, uh, of, you know, that really mattered. Anyone saying the Dolphins should move off of Tua after nine games of not bad play. Uh, yes, week 17 in Buffalo was bad. Uh, but for the most part, not bad play. Certainly a flash or two. And with not good personnel around him, with two first-round picks to build up personnel around him, and with a full offseason and a chance to you know learn, keep learning more in an actual normal offseason – I mean, you have to be a damn fool to suggest the Dolphins should move off of Tua after nine games. Especially this year. No, yeah. Uh, I'm talking, Owen McEnroe, I'm talking to you. <laughs> and he listens. I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> um, I could see um, the Dolphins picking him at 18. I, d- I would talk about Najee Harris. Um, yeah, so with six for the Dolphins, and, you know, I obviously – Six, so six is probably going to be Jamar Chase if he's there. I do want to talk about the Dolphins a little bit because I think they're a really interesting team. So while I wanted to not completely dive, keep stay in the top ten, but, I mean, if they can get Jamar Chase at six or even, let's say, let's say Kyle Pitts doesn't go forward to Atlanta, something else happens. They could get Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase at six and then Najee Harris at 18. Give Tua no excuse. Give him everything he needs. And What's that if, line? It's like – What's that? Did they bring any offensive line pieces in? I don't think they had a bad offensive line by any means, but Miami. Well, they drafted a Austin Jackson in the first round last and year after they play. took Tua. Uh, I can't remember if he opted out or, or what exactly happened with that. They definitely line wasn't like a, a huge issue for them. No, uh, I'm I'm, so, I'm just saying if they were to go, I mean, I don't think it's out of the question that they get a generational talent. Um, at six at line i mean and a lot of people like sewell or slater either or i think it's a great pick um, yeah i mean you'd be hard pressed to say that it i mean it really just depends on what the Bengals do because the Bengals take jamar chase and kyle pitts has gone up four then you're probably in a situation where you need to take it where you probably need to take a time as much as i love Devonte smith uh no i scratch that Devonte smith would be a worthwhile pick at six but i think more likely they would probably if if uh, I think they'd probably end up trading back, it could. I mean, but if that's the case, you have to wonder. You have suitors. You have suitors. You have New England, which would be odd to see them trade. I can't see it. I just no. can't see it because of that. It just makes sense. It makes perfect sense with like uh, the positioning of each and like. No, no, no. What if New England goes up to like seven or eight, and then the Dolphins are like, shit, yo. Yo, uh, call, uh, call call up like uh, the Washington football team and just yeah. give like an offer they can't refuse for the six pick. That kind of thing happens. Like it's pretty yeah. cool. The NFL draft yeah. is a really cool thing. Yeah, because it's it's leverage at that point. So, 
I mean, like, yeah, I, I really can't see a, a trade up with with my. I do, I, I do think it's going to go Sewell and Chase, though. Regardless, I, I mean, I have to think that more likely than not, the the Dolphins move back up from twelve back into the top six, probably with the anticipation. Take Jamar Chase. Take Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts, either or, if they're there. But there's a chance they're both gone, four and five. So, like at that point. At that point, you already traded back. I mean, maybe take maybe take a call or two on uh, and see if anyone wants to pick. But at that point, if Pitts and Chase are gone, at that point, I, 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 there. here's the thing: you know, at six, the Dolphins aren't going to take a quarterback, so you can kind of just like let them hang in there. You would you maybe at that point with three quarter or with uh, two quarterbacks, and whether it be Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, what, whatever combination. There are three off the board at that point, and I think yeah, but, at, at least three, maybe four. So whatever combination two of those three are left at that point you know no one they're not going for a quarterback at five you know they're not going for a quarterback at six and seven is where it gets a little bit hairy but everything i've heard i don't think the Game lions are going after, i don't think the lions are going after a quarterback either lions uh, have a, no i don't I, I i don't think they are either then they're gonna um neither of us like jared goff but the lions have a lot of holes they're gonna they're process. gonna test the waters with him and see what they can get out of him at least at least without a doubt and I, I don't think they're going to get much out of him, but they they can still end up getting a piece that that can help them. I don't know. I think that they go Rashawn Slater and then, you know, pair him with Rag. Now that's a damn good offensive line or Sewell if he's there. So I'm sorry. What, what team were you referring to there? The Lions. Yeah. So yeah. 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 With Rag. Yeah. So that would be, I mean, I have to... the line and offensive lines, they, they stay. They, they're, not, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. And so I think Dan Campbell's probably trying to. You know, he's a new head coach. He's a first-time head coach. And, and he knows he has a shit team around him. He knows he has an absolute shit team around him. And so I think probably this year is about, build, you know, this is the the cliche thing for a new NFL coach, but you got to build that culture because, let's face it, the Detroit Lions – Bite off some legs. Fight off – yeah, we could talk about the bite off some Upper legs. Cuts. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, the Detroit Lions, more so probably than any other team in the NFL, have a losing culture. So <laughs> they've had a losing culture since 19, like 50, like try 19, like 10 when, NFL championships. So when, when was, uh, I know they, I, it, they show the story every Thanksgiving that, uh, you know, some running back who left the lions in 19, like 20, like cursed them for, for all of time. And yeah, well, still, he's still cursed. So yeah. <laughs> or their the team is still cursed. They're very Cubs. They're very Cubs. Yeah, it's it's almost like, kind of flip a switch. I yeah, mean, they're great. just like the lovable losers. They're just the lions. They're there. I like you know I watch them every Thanksgiving and uh, and, like and and no. Speaking of when we and we were saying there's a lot of good deep receivers. Well, they're going to be sitting there at what 39 would the pick be because we're 38. I'm talking the second round. So yeah, they'd yeah. be 39. Um, you can go blind then and then pick. You know, there's just a lot of there's going to be a lot of options at seven for Detroit because you know big roster full of holes you could go wide receiver you just lost your two top wide receivers in free agency and kenny galladay and marvin jones wide receivers probably i think Devontae don't Smith, need to go running back you don't need to go running back you don't need to go well, you, well, you wouldn't anyway but that's not that's not a thing to fill you don't need to go running back and you don't I need mean, to go corner defense yeah i mean yeah you got drafted jeff okuda last year the defense i i think it's wide receiver or linebacker I think for uh, for Detroit at seven, so that's why another reason you could see them trade back. Well, no, I, I I'll, I'll be honest with you. No, I think they should go pick a lineman. A lineman is a lineman. That's the groundwork for years to come. 
like you said, like we said, like Dan Campbell's like trying to build that culture and, and where better to start than, than with a solid formidable in the trenches type team, I guess. I mean, seems like that's Dan kind of what he what he said. Seems like Dan Campbell is exactly that uh, that type of guy. So yeah, I could for sure see uh, see like Slater or Sewell, depending on again Cincinnati and everything else. But I could for sure see something like that. We got a little bit away, uh, and I think it was a good conversation. So I just want to bring right back to it real quick. This man Najee Harris, <laughs> uh, like I got giddy on the last show talking about Devonte Smith and everything that guy can do on on the football field and i'll say this about Devonte smith i think it'll be a disaster if uh if he goes seventh in detroit i think he'll flame out uh because i'll say this Devonte smith real quick before i keep on Najee. Devonte smith i think is a guy who is going to need an offensive coordinator who's willing to scheme around him and like at alabama in 2020 he was so successful i mean he had three he had four successful years before or three before that and four total successful years uh but one of the reasons he was so good in 2020 was steve sarkeesian just moving him around before the play and getting him in motion getting him off that top guy dan campbell tell you one thing dan campbell's gonna say you line up against the guy who's in front of you and you beat him and that's just how it is dan campbell is not gonna be willing to willing to compromise because to work with uh you know any size deficiency that Devontae Smith might have pressing up against an NFL corner. Dan Campbell is not the man to coach Devontae Smith to NFL success. I'll tell you that right now. Devontae Smith- it's interesting because, um, and, and you bring that up now, and I don't you definitely saw the quote, I believe it was today from Devontae Smith saying like, this is football and it's not bodybuilding. And to that point, I mean, yeah, exactly. said Steve Sarkeesian moves him around and Dan Campbell's not going to do that. I, I think he has to be in an offense that knows is that's going to be able to work to his strengths. I hate it. And you mentioned earlier, I think probably his best fit outside of the top six, which is probably where he's going to go. is the Giants. Yep. It's the Giants. Joe With a guy like Kenny Galladay and a guy already there, Darius Slayton is solid. And then you throw in Devonte Smith to be the little compliment gadget who you move around. Man. If Daniel, if they land Daniel Jones, Devontae Smith, he better be I'm not going to say an MVP next year, but he better be damn good. He better be good. And if we're at that point, unless he, gets sacked, three, no, unless he gets sacked 80 times, he won't, which he could. <laughs> but uh, Andrew Thompson, also, if, Saquon, if Saquon is healthy too. Daniel Jones got no reason to not to again. This is in the situation where they take Devontae Smith at eleven. Devon Daniel Jones has no reason not to be successful. The Giants and the football team are going to be so good. So I'm saying, like, I think the Giants should. I, I think it applies to a lot of teams. Get your guy that you've invested a lot of draft capital in. Get them as much help as they need. Get them everything they would need to possibly be successful. And if it doesn't work out, oh well. That's not the guy, and you find a new guy next year. And it just is what it is. But, you know, there's no – I just don't get continuing to, to kind of be unsure about a guy. The only, You can be unsure about a guy, but you're not going to be sure about him unless you go all in to try to make him successful and it doesn't work. And if that's the case, then, oh, well, you move on and you find the next guy. And obviously that sets you back a couple of years. But it's better than just – You're going to have such good personnel at that point anyway where they could just kind of do what San Francisco's doing. That's better than doing like what the Jets do. The Jets very well. Zach Wilson, I think, is going to – I think he's great. I think he's very good. Jets very well could be looking for a new quarterback in three years. Three years. Like, I, and I wouldn't be shocked at all. So, like, I just think, like, 
I think if the Jets were smart, I think they would have traded down and kept Darnold and tried to keep building around. Well, that's like, kind of that, that's what we were mentioning earlier, and they obviously didn't, and they won't um, unless they do, but they won't. Zach Wilson's the guy there, so. I mean, obviously Darnold's gone already, so. There's a giant hole at quarterback anyway, so obviously we know, I mean, beyond any shadow of a doubt, the pick is Zach Wilson. That's what it's going to be. Uh, like almost as sure as we know that it's going to be Trevor Lawrence at number one. It's going to be Zach Wilson. It's so funny how like people like there's so much going around this and we haven't mentioned him at all. And no one mentions him because there's no reason to, but Trevor Lawrence is insane. And like no one's, it's not exciting. It's just because like we've known he's been the number one overall pick since like, for like two years. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, I mean, we're just get, I'm excited to see him on the field for sure. But in terms of Trevor Lawrence draft stuff, like we, we all know he's great. We'll I mean, the draft's going to start what 8 p.m. or whatever. I think at, yeah, eight. And we're just going to be like, all right, like when's it uh, like 8 20? When, when does pick three start? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, don't you don't need yeah. to ru- you don't need to rush to watch pick one and two unless you really want to see what's going on on ESPN that you can find the funny tw- Twitter stuff because there's, yeah, so- there's, there's nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I will not look at my phone during the draft. I've fallen into that trap way too many times. I just won't do it. Uh, I will not have picks spoiled for me. And if there's anyone in the room that spoils picks for me, I'm taking their phone and throwing them across the room. That's I'm, I'm prefacing anyone who is watching the draft with me. I will preface with them. Listen, got to uh, mute, mute group chats as well. I will, I will mute group. I mean, that's if I look, if I see something on my own phone, that's on me. I mean, that's, that's no one's fault, but my own that's, you know, if, even if it's a, a text in our group chat, you know, it's my fault for looking at it before I saw who the pick was. So with that being said, social media has done so many good things and so many bad things. Yeah. <laughs> it's so like, I will. Preface- it's a great thing that, you know, what's going on before, but I, I don't want it. Spoiled. It's not great. It's not great. In terms of communication and it's like kind of cool that we can find out, but I don't want to know that I want to, I want to, freaking watch it on tv and watch roger goodell announce it and see the and i want to genuinely react with everyone else in america and everyone who's at the draft i mean i just think it's i just think it's lame to it is lame i I will i I will tell everyone in the room listen yeah i'm not gonna sit here and tell you to turn your phone off but uh stay off of twitter and if you see something do not tell me if you spoil a pick for me i'm going to throw your phone that's what's going to happen. Uh, Cause I, there's nothing that, and I was, it was my fault a lot last in last year's draft. I spoiled Jalen hurts to Philly to you. I remember not because I checked Twitter because, uh, or I guess it was, it was because I checked Twitter. <laughs> no, no, this is what, this is what happened. I have Hulu TV and it's how it's like super yeah. backwards and every, it wasn't you. It was everybody else going like, Oh my God, Jalen hurts. Which, yeah. In retrospect, like, Hey, we got rid of Wentz. You know, we all know I love Wentz, but that wasn't a bad pick. No, it was pretty cool in retrospect for as mad as people were at the time. But uh, I mean, I don't know that that stuff just pisses me off so much. We get so damn sidetracked on this show. Holy crap! Uh, we were talking about Devonte Smith to the Giants, and uh, you know, I think I think that's the best fit for him. Absolutely, I, I think uh, it, again. You know, we obviously we saw that. He can be a number one guy. We saw that firsthand with with him holding. Also, like he's so talented. He won't on the like him and see. I mean, yeah, we we can sing Devonte's praises all day, but with that being said, I mean, like the the dude's a baller, and if you stick him in an offense, like quitting pay and let him be all right, like. 
you stick him in an offense with two other capable receivers already, watch out because, again, like I think that scheme thing is going to be huge for Devontae's success in the NFL. We also got super sidetracked from my guy. <laughs> this is the second time on this show that we've got sidetracked from this. Go season. for it. Go talk about Najee. Freaking Najee Harris, man. I said it, like, in, and I got distracted from it because I was about to say I've only gotten so giddy talking about another guy with, with it being Devontae Smith. Man, dude, what can't Najee Harris do? Um, yeah, I guess he, like, struggles a little bit in the area of breakaway speed in terms of just, like, that final gear. Doesn't need it. Doesn't even need it. Uh, like, the dude's an athletic freak. He's a workout absolute warrior. They had to – you know, he played the, the whole second half of the season with uh, with a bum ankle. Well, not maybe not the whole second half, but the whole, like, most – critical part of the season with a bum ankle freaking was hurtling over Notre Dame defenders in the college football playoff on said bum ankle <laughs> after the season still trained so hard on the same bum ankle. Try, they uh, tr- tried to play and practice in the senior bowl. He was training so hard as trainers and agents had to say, stop. Uh, they had to, they had to tell him, no, like you're not playing in the senior bowl. It's just completely unnecessary. And and doesn't need to so, like it's cool. How him and Devonte showed up to the senior bowl. I mean, it's also the the dude drove from Texas to Mobile, Alabama, not or to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, like ten hours overnight because his flight got canceled. He wasn't even working out in the pro day, but he wanted to be there to support his guys and Devonte and Mac and whoever else was in the Alabama pro day. I'm sure Barmore and uh, and Sertain participated as well. But like, he drove ten hours because his flight got canceled. He drove through the night because he wanted to be there just to support his damn teammates. As they were as they were going through drills for scouts, it wasn't like it was the draft. It was Najee Harris showed up to support his teammates, go through some drills, and then he ended up catching passes for Mac Jones in the second pro day. But uh, that was the first pro day. I mean, the guy, you know, he's got like a he's a, he's an absolute genius. He's got like a four zero GPA. There's nothing. There's no. Uh, it was. Um, I was I was on uh, helping produce a show on Tide one hundred point nine with uh, Jacob Harrison, and he was he was saying. There's just no but with Najee Harris. There's just like there's no there's only ants. There's only and I, like, I like that. I like that. I like I liked it a lot too. That's why I wanted it. I wanted to. I had to give him credit because it was completely uh completely from his eye from his head. But there are just no buts and there's only ands with that guy. He can do so many things. He can do everything. And man. Dolphins 18. I and Jacob Harrison, he's a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and uh, obviously, you know, he's an Alabama fan as well. He, uh, you know, he's been pretty much in tears over for months at how much he wants Najee Harris to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. I don't think it's happening. I think 18, I think he's going at 18 to Miami. He's that good. Now, do you now switch a little bit up to the Steelers there? Said it does happen. Do you think they they kind of go ETN or maybe? No, I don't think so. I don't think there's another guy. I don't think – I think Najee Harris – You think you know, there's that big of a disparity? And I could agree with you. I do. And a lot of guys don't even have ETNs the second running back. They have uh, the UNC guy, Javante Williams, I think his name is, uh, as the second running back. They're, you know, we've talked a lot about – you know, we saw Deon, guys like DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, people like that going in the second round. Oftentimes, there's just not the value there. First round running back. There's wise. a lot like, of low key underrated running backs in this draft. There's a ton of really good. There's a ton of really good. Uh, you know, so, my favorite running back, obviously, other than Najee, and you know the, but, so I like football a lot. I like football <laughs> so much that I watch football on Tuesday nights. 
um, during football season. And a guy that I got to know a lot is Jarrett Patterson out of Buffalo. Yeah, that was a guy I was about to bring up. I saw a mock with him to the Patriots. He's going to fall into like the fourth round. This guy's a beast. This really? guy's a beast. Yes, he's a yeah, beast. I don't know much about him. but He's uh, an absolute beast. He had one game where he ran for like 300 yards, more. Yeah, this uh, this athletic uh beast draft guide has him as running back 12 so i mean he's ridiculous it's hard to scout running backs he's got chuba hubbard as rb10 i mean i don't know how chuba I'm hubbard's sure. like really good yeah i don't know how he drops so far in this process i don't i don't know what what it is that they use to scout running backs it's it's something a little little funky but anyway, jared patterson had 7.6 yards per carry last year yeah, I like well, I do like nineteen touchdowns in two straight seasons. Nineteen touchdowns. I, I always like the uh, the FCS guys or not FCS. In the like, AZ like, is a Mac guy, small, small, but it doesn't small, even. Small, there are so many guys that have come out of conferences that aren't like, especially running backs. Like, dude, Chris Johnson went to uh, East Carolina. Yeah, guy. The uh, there's always uh, a ton of running back time, and even you know, running back is the most by far the easiest position in the league to get cheap production out of. I think it's probably, unless like in rare cases, it's worth it. Like Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, I think it's worth it to pay running backs like that. But when they have like such an impact in the passing game as well, it's kind of like their two players, even like Aaron Jones, uh, you know, but with that being said for the most part, running backs are the most easily expendable position in the league. Obviously, you know, NFL churns out and spits out running backs year after year. I mean, it's just the, probably the most brutal position to play in the league that's why the uh the, so many are coming out but so many can also come in yeah, so well, like uh you know for running backs like you know even you know think about the patriots they got a guy that uh, that was undrafted last year out of arizona name of uh jj taylor he's like five foot ten he's like a little quick like little electric beast he's awesome i like him a lot he only got he only got like 20 carries this year but pretty much every time he got a carry he did something cool and uh you know it's just running back it's just not a position that you get. It's just not, there's, there's guys that are worth going in the first round. And I think there's one in this draft. And after that, I could see ETN going 30. I think that's, but I think that's a little bit more because the bills need a running back. Yeah, I think it might happen. I, I don't, I don't necessarily think because ETN can happen. catch passes. He'd be really good yeah. in that offense. I don't think it necessarily should happen, but well, no, I think it'd be really good on an offense, you know, five wide and Josh Allen. And I love that. You know, both, ETA can catch pass, 30, I, think he's- I mean, 30 is pretty much as good as a second round pick at that point. So like for Buffalo at 30, I don't think uh, there'd be anything wrong with taking ETN, but uh, you know, I, top 20 or so there's one guy who's worth taking and his name is Najee Harris. And man, that guy's going to be fun to watch in the NFL. He's yeah, uh, he will I, be. And I, 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 I think those two landing spots are great landing spots. I'm trying to think if there's any other team that might – Jets? I Like maybe Jets at uh, the Jet, what, what They have uh, 23. The, I Jeremiah so. had him going with Aziz Ojolari there, who, by the way, uh, you know, is one of the better edge rushers in the draft. He yeah. has a big knee issue that, uh, that a lot of people are concerned about. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think – I really don't think he's past 18. I think that's where he's Chicago. Chicago for Najee. Yeah, I mean Montgomery's all right, but he's I mean Najee Harris so many tricks in his basket. So yeah, I mean that would be all right. I truly don't think he's making it past eighteen. I I think that's going to be the pick. I wouldn't be surprised. That's one I'm really confident in at eighteen. As for 
as for some more picks in, in, in the back end, I mean, that's probably about all I got on Najee Harris, but uh, you know, there's so there are definitely some interesting ones. Tennessee at 22, probably going to look to take some kind of whoever hits the lottery and gets drafted 32. Yeah. I mean, Chris, Chris Sims. Oh, here's an interesting one. I think, um, and I've read a lot about this. I think the Ravens are going to probably, you know, steal one of those wide receivers that I'd be hoping to look at at the, um, Darius, Tony or Elijah Moore. Yeah. And, and I think that's why we're going to end up looking at, you know, more of a, Bateman or someone else uh, in the beginning of the second round. But at the same time, Tony and Elijah Moore are, like, tiny. So – and they obviously – If Devontae Smith drops to 12 for Philly, they should take him and then try to trade back up into the first round, one of those extra first-round picks, and take, like, Asante Samuel Jr. or something. Oh, that's another that's another cornerback. I, 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 so, if he does fall into the second, which I don't – Corner class. It, he, I don't think he will. I think he'll be back end of the first round. But it is a deep corner class for sure. There's value, like, outside of those top three or four guys for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I I I think because again, you get. Mm, I I'd be happy if it went either way, but I just think it's safer that we go. All right, let's uh let's go with uh we'll wrap it up with this. We'll go with give me your most give me your prediction for the biggest surprise on draft give me give me just a bold prediction for draft night that uh we'll each give one and we'll uh we'll see if, start. See if we can we can look real you start because it seems like you have one i actually don't but uh, it was just the question i came up with off the top of my head there but uh let's see i i would say i mean if i were being hopeful it would be that the patriots come away with either trey <laughs> trey lance or justin fields but i don't think it's gonna happen so i won't predict it i would say my biggest prediction for a surprise is that I think you'll see – I wouldn't even be a surprise to say uh, – you know, I don't know. I guess Deshaun Watson gets lost in all this now with, with his situation going on. I was going to say De- I was going to say Denver ends up with one of these quarterbacks, but I don't even think that's all that bold. So I don't think that's bold at all. I, I would think that's what, what it's going to be. And I was going to say a quarterback prediction as well. But um, mine would be that all five are gone by nine. All five are gone by nine. Yeah. And that's I, not I, even that bold. That's not even that fun. I think here, here's a bold one that, okay. that I think could definitely happen. And I think it's because, I mean, everybody who kind of just marginally follows draft stuff kind of sees the big names that come out. And I think Rashawn Slater might be drafted above Penn Sewell. Yeah, I've seen that quite a bit, actually. Uh, a lot of people have Slater ranked ahead of Sewell. Um, obviously, Sewell's, Sewell's an athletic freak, but I think Slater might be a safer pick. They were both opt-outs in 2020, I believe. Yeah. Um, and uh, a lot of people like Slater's tape better. Again, I don't uh, I don't pretend to be a scout. I really have no preference, but no strong preference, at least, between the two. Uh, maybe I'll read the Beast's report on the, on the both of them and see what he has to say. But, um, <laughs> I mean, other than that, I – I don't. I don't really. I'm well, really well, I, 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 I just think Slater's a safer pick because the reason Sewell's gotten all the hype is because he's just a freak. I'll go with. I'll go with my bold prediction here. I say that the Patriots end up uh, for the Patriots. I think they're going to stay at fifteen. We'll see what we'll see what we get at fifteen. Maybe move down. Maybe not. But my big bold prediction: Chicago Bears make a massive trade up from twenty to seven or eight or whatever seven or eight and end up with uh, Justin Fields or Trey Lance. That's I don't my prediction. 
we were talking about the Raiders doing this. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's that, like a lot because you're, you're sitting at 20 and obviously you've just uh, recently got, gotten your assets back from the Khalil Mack trade. And, uh, you know, so it'd be, it'd be a lot. But if you think if one of those guys drops and you think, I don't know, they thought Mitch Trubisky was the guy. So I'd be, I'd be hesitant to, to trust uh, Ryan Pace's instincts on. Here's on another bold one that I think might happen. Okay. We see a sixth drafted in the first round. A sixth quarterback. quarterback. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I could uh, – I mean, we saw a report today that um, the Steelers have Kyle Trask ranked ahead on their board of one of uh, one of the top five guys. Could be Mac Jones. Well, maybe, and especially if, if your prediction um, comes true that Najee Harris does go 18. I, I, I oh. Oh God, dude! I can't even. Jacob Harrison will cry if the if uh, Kyle Trask goes twenty four to the Steelers. That'd be brutal. I, Kellen Mond in the second round, like that's such a good pick. I like Davis Mills better than both, actually. I like Davis Mills. He's like got he, the only thing with Davis Mills is he's got quite a bit of concern on that. Uh, I think he's got a bum left knee, which is not great for for a righty quarterback, but. Um, he, I think he, uh, and Stanford kind of fell under the radar the last few yeah, years. Yeah. He was the number one recruit in, uh, in the nation coming out of high school, I believe oh. he got hurt a couple, he only started 11 games at Stanford. Uh, he got hurt a couple times. Uh, obviously he has some knee issues, but he's a guy who has a lot of, uh, who has a lot of tools, has a lot of poise in the pocket. Uh, I think, I think he screams Bill Belichick. Honestly, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind Davis Mills in the second round. If we get someone solid in the first, it'd be boring, but Belichick is boring. So it hasn't been boring as of late. Here's my, <laughs> sure, here, here, here's my surefire. Go ahead. I'm going to be, I'm going to be complaining about something. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I would say I'm be complaining about something. I think I'll be complaining as well after Thursday, at least, because I don't think we're going to leave with a quarterback. Two days, man. Watch a draft like a like. I don't think I've ever paid attention more to a draft process. I've gotten so damn into it this year. Uh, I I just think it's such a great draft, and people talk about how how it's kind of weaker on the defensive side, and I I would just say it's and and some positions it's stronger on the offensive side. So strong yeah. on offense. I do I do think it's a weak defensive class in general, though. I mean, just because I mean we could see we for the first time ever a defensive player not drafted in the top ten. Uh, I think that's. I don't never, know that's gonna happen. It, I don't. Th- I think most I think likely. Sir, I think Sertain the like goes ten. So. Yeah, but uh, I believe to this point, uh, I don't think it's ever gone past seven. Is that is that is that a stat? Is that a? Uh... Uh, I would have to. I'd have to confirm that. I think I read something yesterday that said uh, the lowest, uh, the the first time a defensive player has been picked was at, at the seventh overall pick. And there's no one that you really need, and there's no team that really needs that. Yeah, I, I I I don't think a defensive player goes higher than ten. Yeah, I would agree with that. Unless someone trades up for Micah Parsons or something like that, if they really fell in love with him. Actually, I don't know because I I do think Denver's going quarterback, but no one really knows what Denver's doing because Denver Denver's pretty linebacker needy as well. They could go with Micah Parsons at nine and just uh, forego a quarterback. No one really knows how Denver feels about Drew Luck. Uh, Drew Luck not luck uh i know i don't feel good about drew lock but i i don't know what uh what they're thinking about drew lock in that building it's, it's possible that they're going to go with a defensive guy and give him one more year you have to keep in mind with drew lock he hasn't uh you know they drafted jerry judy for him last year but obviously Cortland sutton was out this entire year so you hasn't he hasn't really gotten his chances for a full year 
with uh, with all the weapons that they have at, at his disposal. Tim well, Patrick's another good target. The Broncos are, have, a, have a couple targets on him. I right? think it'd so, be I mean, interesting if Trey Lance were to start right away, though. So I think that – He's not ready. He's not, he's not ready. He can't no, start right I, I, I don't think – I think Drew Locke's probably your week one starter regardless, so. Oh, I mean, I think that goes without saying. They're not going to get rid of him, but it's just interesting whether they pick a quarterback in the first round or not. I think they will. I would, I, for my sake, uh, I hope they don't. Well, I really, obviously I hope they don't, but for, I, I also think it's very possible that they don't and that they go defense. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, we're two days away. We're uh, probably, we're, uh, of course, we're going to, we're going to have like a, a post draft thing. We probably, we'll probably wait until uh, Sunday. until Sunday or, or Monday or whatever, whatever the, whatever works out scheduling wise for the both of us. But uh, yeah, we probably won't do like a Friday post first round type of deal. Although it'd be fun. Um, I don't, th- we probably, we'll probably just keep it at, uh, hey, if at one week. day this becomes our jobs and we don't have other things in our world. Yeah. At that, yeah. At that Tuesday, point, Wednesday, probably Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday, at, Sunday, create another day. Well, at that point we'd probably re- just be recording six hour podcasts. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, that would be, <laughs> that'd be fine by me, but uh, for now I actually have some things to take care of. It is, it is draft week, but it's also finals week at the university. Finals for you. I mean, yeah. I, I, so I have a lot of final projects. And yeah. I have, no I one have, cares about my schoolwork. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, rough, rough conclusion there. Two days from the draft. I hope you guys are excited. excited. You are incredibly excited. I know, uh, I know it, no matter what happens, I might leave disappointed, but I know I'll be entertained, which is uh, every year in the NFL draft. So I'm really excited. Thank you guys for listening. If you uh, if you did choose to turn it, tune into either part one or part two of our, our little pre-draft rant, it's got off the rails a little bit at times, but I think that's uh, I think that's kind of the best part. So if uh, hope you enjoyed. If you did listen, and we will uh, we'll see you guys next week. Go Pats! Thanks for listening. Go Birds.